Hey everybody, welcome to Heidi and Tony Explore Cleveland. A podcast all about Cleveland and fun things to do. We go exploring. And we go eat. We eat lots and we enjoy it. So join us as we share these experiences with you. And we hope that these experiences inspire you to enjoy the great city of Cleveland. Hello, everyone. (laughs) What's up with that voice? I got to talk louder, more high pitched. Tired of being compared with the expert. Right. (laughs) Well, hello. We went to Cleveland History Center. There's actually two museums in one there. Okay, I got to say. So when we got there and we paid for our tickets, our tickets are... $15 $15 each. The woman said, this is six acres. Yeah. So I was like, how in the world is this six acres? Because I really thought, I don't know what you thought, but I saw the building we walked into and right. then the building next door. I'm like, okay. Six acres. Yeah. Maybe this lady needs to go back to math class. Right. <laughs> As we say, I feel like in every single podcast episode, we are learning so much and discovering so much because this museum, these two museums in one, right, was a pretty big museum. Was, I'm guessing it was actually and there six were parts, acres. But there were parts that we did not go into because there were specific showings in certain parts of the museum. And the basement floor was under construction. Right. So there was parts of that that we didn't see either. But you had mentioned when you did a school field trip that you had been at least downstairs at some point. I remember going downstairs specifically and looking at cars. So when I went there, it was just the Crawford Auto Aviation Museum. There was no Cleveland History Center. So I don't know when it became one. Were the cars upstairs and downstairs or just downstairs? To be downstairs? honest with you, I do not remember because I want to say I was like in third grade. I was going to say this is probably literally 30 years ago. Yeah, it, prob- <laughs> it was more than 30 years ago. <laughs> well, and I feel like this happens to us a lot too, where you claim you've never been and then you're like, oh, I think I've been here before. Yes. <laughs> Which is fine because it's also probably been a long time and you're probably remembering things but things probably are changed in the museums oh yeah absolutely like i said there was a basement to that and i remember seeing like old police cars in there and everything i have to say when we went in it was cool because it was all about cleveland when you first walk in i feel like it was most of it was about cleveland most of it yeah so and it's from top to bottom Oh my goodness. There's drawers that you can open. There's telephones that you can pull off the wall, like old fashioned, where you only pick up the earpiece. Right. Telephone. There was a lot of references to older Cleveland sports teams, like the Cleveland Spiders were kind of referenced in there. Information about the canals and how the canals were used for industry and Ohio Erie Canal. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting, too, because there's a lot of information regarding just the history of Cleveland and the territories. The first man who founded Cleveland spelled his name different. Right. There was an A in it. Right. I did know that. 
but yeah. it was it was kind of talked about in that museum. Yeah, quite a bit, quite a bit of information. They also had Chief Wahoo in there. Giant from floor to ceiling. Yeah. Chief Wahoo. Yes. Yeah, and people wanted to take a picture of that. Of course. They also had a really cool John Glenn spacesuit. It was all 3D printer made. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Because it looked very lifelike, but I kept like touching it, but it was very hard plastic. Um, They have a lot of information about Elliot Ness in there. Oh. Part of his scrapbook is in there. When you pull out the drawers, it's important to pull out the drawers that they have in there. Yes, and to press buttons if it says to press buttons. Yeah, there's a lot of information. Lots of information. There are articles about Elliot Ness and when they seized Capone AIDS in a raid. Again, you know, this is a museum we walked into thinking we had two rooms to look in. (laughs) And we're going to be there for, you know, maybe an hour. We were there for three hours. We were there for a long time. Yeah. One of the other things that they had was uh, LeBron James shoes that he wore in the championship game. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. And one other thing that I wanted to mention was they had a little thing about the gay games. So in 2014, the gay games came to Cleveland. Now, this was a big deal because gay games are like, and Olympics that travel to different cities. And I believe the next big city that it was going to was France. That's a big deal that it stopped in Cleveland. Absolutely. Anyway, so they had this film. It plays every certain amount of minutes. Ten minutes, I Every think. ten minutes. Yeah. And all the chairs in there were socially distanced. Right. So you don't want to move the chairs. There are signs that ask you to please don't move the chairs. Uh, there's a limit of eight people in there at a time. It's it's Cleveland proud. Oh my gosh! It it was wonderful. It was so fun. I loved that movie. It, it was a short little movie, but it talked all about the history of Cleveland to where it is now. Yeah. And there was a lot of places that we have been to in the podcast that yes. were highlighted in the in the movie, and a lot of locals who were. The stars of the movie, if you will. and Yeah, people that you you wouldn't necessarily know. Right. I mean, but like the bus driver and... Right. And Cleveland Proud. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland Proud. And they talked about the Cavs championship game and how they're rebuilding the flats. And Cleveland for so long was known for things like the river catching on fire. That was mentioned in the movie. Right. right? But... From where Cleveland has been to where it is today, I mean, that's why I wanted to do this podcast, because I think Cleveland is an amazing city. We moved on. Into these homes. Right. Or like galleries. Yeah, they look like homes, like old, old homes with beautiful furniture and... The ceilings. Now, Tony can't talk to you about the ceilings. But the ceilings in this place were gorgeous. Literally top to bottom. Everything was beautiful and decorated. And outside there was this ginormous garden 
And I have been to a wedding at that garden before. So jumping ahead, at the end, we met one of the people who works there. And I said, I just want to ask, because I think I've been to a wedding here. Do you guys do weddings? And he said, oh, yeah, I've been married here. And there's events that you can plan there. You know, he said sometimes schools do organize things there. Sometimes there's fundraisers there. So you can just go to the front and ask to speak to somebody about that. But the gardens outside, they're very beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And so people actually take advantage of that and get married. Okay, so one of the exhibits they have is about Amanda Wicker who is a black fashion designer who moved to Cleveland in 1924 with not much more than her dressmaking skills. However, she made garments from evening gowns to bridal gowns and, you know, just other kind of clothing for women that she had made for them. They have a lot of her pieces displayed. They do. We move on to the Crawford Auto Aviation Museum. Okay, so they had did have a sign for the Crawford Auto Aviation Museum that the year of the motorcycle open road, opening April 16th. So all of that was being set up while we were there. You know, you could see while they were working while we were there. Right. So you could see all a bunch of different motorcycles. You couldn't get real close to them because they were in the process of working. But they had a lot of awesome cars, too. They had a uh, 1956 Mercedes Benz, a 1964 Studebaker. They had the um, the blimp gondola. So that is the basically the thing that you ride in that's underneath the the blimp itself, and and much older vehicles also. And they also had some planes in the museum too. Yeah, the original plane that the Wright brothers flew. Yes. They had that, or a replica of it. Before we talk about the last part of our tour, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back. Stay tuned. If you like this podcast, we ask that you like, follow, share, or leave a review. If you visit any of the places we've talked about, please let us know about your adventures on our social media pages. We look forward to your comments. Now let's get back to our adventures. All right, Tony, why are we playing this music? Because we went to the carousel. We did. Not any old carousel. Oh, what carousel was it? This was the original Euclid Beach carousel. The original. The original. This Makes the museum worth the price of admission. So, yes, because you can go in and keep riding and as keep riding and keep want. riding. Yep. So, unlimited rides for the price of admission. And how much was admission, Heidi? $15. A bargain. Absolutely. It really was. So, we rode the carousel. I didn't think you were going to want to do it. Ride the carousel? Well, you, I mean, you can't look up at a ceiling. Why would you be able to ride around in a circle? I'm While sitting. going up and down. I'm sitting. Why does it matter then? I don't know. I just didn't think you'd be able to handle it with your vertigo. 
But the other thing, besides me being surprised about you wanting to ride it, I didn't know that you could ride this carousel. I saw it in the glass window showcase that they have built around it that you can see from the street. I didn't know you could really ride it. Yeah. So we rode it. We were very excited. We got on. We were on with little kids and we were riding around. <laughs> Tony did a TikTok about I did. it. It was so much fun. So yeah, the first time we went around, right. we got off and we decided to talk to the operator, Dennis. Well, you talked to Dennis. I talked to George. We both right. <laughs> we both spotted a man and was like, I need more information. We didn't realize when we first went in, we realized as we were getting on the ride, it said Euclid Beach everywhere. So we see these plaques all over on the on the floor platform of right. the carousel itself. And then he's announcing the Euclid Beach carousel. And we're like, wait a minute. So we get off, we talk to our respected operators, and we find out what? Tony took lots of notes. You tell us what we found I, out. I found out a lot of things. So the carousel was at Euclid Beach from 1910 to 1969. Euclid Beach actually closed in 1969. I North- honestly had no idea that this even, that there was an amusement park at Euclid Beach. Right. And well, I always knew about Euclid Beach because I lived in Cleveland all my life. I mean, there were roller coasters and things yeah, there. It, it was an amusement park. I had no idea that there was one. There was all kinds of stuff there. But I always knew about Euclid Beach because everybody around me always talked about Euclid Beach. So Dennis told me that um, when the park closed, the carousel went to Maine. To a place called Palace Playland for 25 years. It was out of state for 25 years. It went up for auction. So when it went up for auction, they were actually auctioning off horses separately. Right. From the full carousel itself. Or you could get the whole carousel, but you needed to have 10% to get it. Well, and George told me that... When they were taking it apart, that they were actually chainsawing the horses out of the deck. So they were destroying everything, like all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of people, Cleveland companies, got together to purchase this back for Cleveland. That is what this meant to Cleveland. Correct. Okay, so they came up with $760,000 to get this carousel back into Cleveland. They got it back to Cleveland in 1996. Right. Okay, it sat in storage for many years until they were able to get the money together to restore it. Now, when they were restoring it, they wanted to restore it to make it what it was at Euclid Beach. So all of the horses on that carousel are painted the way they were at Euclid Beach. They are in the same exact spot that they were at Euclid Beach. So it looks exactly the same. And people come just to ride this carousel. Yes. Because they rode it as a child. 
and they said that people come with pictures of themselves as a child on the horses. Yeah. It the bring, memories. Yeah. It brings tears tears to their eyes. Right. They also mentioned, well, Dennis mentioned Dudley Humphrey. Well, the Humphreys owned Euclid Beach. And he gave us a coin. And on that coin was a horse named Scotty. The horse also has the initials DHS. He, that horse, Scotty, is on the carousel. Right. DHS or on Scotty on the carousel. And it stands for Dudley Humphrey Sr. And that was his horse. Oh. So, and we got the coin of Scotty. We do have that coin. Yes. So, it's a real working carousel. The music, the horses go up and down. There's horses that don't move. There's, there's seated benches that you can go on to as well. And one of the things that George had told us is that when they made carousels, each one of those horses were hand-carved. Yeah. 58 horses, hand-carved. Hand-carved. On that carousel. And George was kind enough to offer to let us see the innards. Yes. Of the carousel. Yes. So we got to go in. And see the center. To see the full operation. Right. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, it it reminded me as something very similar to the mass of a sailboat. That's what it reminded me of. And he said, it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of carousels are built from retired sailboats. So that's what it looks like. It looks like the main mass of a sailboat, like if you're looking straight up. And he said that they had people come from the Cleveland Museum of Natural History to try to age out the post, the center post. And it's very large. It's very large. It's pine. It's made of pine, he said. Right, a Douglas fir. Right, and he said it's over 300 years old. Three to 400 years old. Yeah. 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 And then he let us see on the other side of the post is the number 19, which indicates that this is the 19th carousel that was built by that company. Yep. So yeah, it was super cool to go inside there and see how it all works and operates and to just see it from that perspective yeah and there's actually a plaque on that that says euclid beach park grand carousel and it has euclid beach park 1910 to 1969 palace playland 1970 to 1996 and then Cleveland History Center november twenty third, twenty fourteen. This carousel was so fun to ride. It was so fun to learn about. And it just was so cool to talk to those two guys because they really love the carousel itself. Oh, the passion that they had for it. And the passion they had for people who came to want to ride it and remember it from the past oh, and from absolutely. their childhood. They yes. love those kinds of stories. Yes. George actually told us the story about a woman that came there and told her story of when she was a little girl and her and her sister 
would come and ride for free all the time because her father worked at Euclid Beach. So they get they got a free ticket, basically. You know, they got to ride whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And one time her sister brought money with her to get something from the gift shop. She said to her dad, tomorrow I'm going to bring money. And her dad said, there is no tomorrow because it was the last day that Euclid Beach was going to be open. So heartbreaking for the little sister. Yeah, that that story gave me goosebumps <laughs> when he was telling us about it. You know, he also mentioned the lady who came all the way from California with a picture of herself right. riding that horse. And that's one of the reasons why she came back was to ride this carousel. Yeah. The memories mean a lot to people. He told us about his wedding and how people, you know, were there riding on the carousel. And, and well, since you brought up about his wedding, because I remember in the before the break, I said, I asked him, can you get married here? And he said, I got married here. Yeah. And his reception was there because he wanted the carousel to be a part of his wedding. Right. Well, another little piece is, is from that Euclid Beach, they saved the rocket car. Yes. And this looked like it was something that was like suspended, like the swings, like that you could probably fly like a rocket. But they turned it into an actual car. And so for his wedding, he rented the rocket car as well. And so people were either riding the carousel or riding the rocket around University Circle. How cool and unique. You've never been to another wedding like that, I'm sure. You could never say you were at another wedding like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I would have loved to have been at that wedding. I know. (laughs) I agree. I think the whole thing is fascinating that this museum holds functions like that, too. So speaking of functions like that, we'll mention about the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. There's there's lots of things. So the bathroom is large, handicap accessible, changing tables. Yes. We did also come across a lactation room. And like a smaller bathroom. Uh, Looked very cozy. They had hand sanitizer. Next to the bathroom was a coat room that you could hang your coat in. I love that because in Cleveland, it's always cold to get from the parking lot to the building, at at least in the wintertime it is, right? And I hate walking around with my coat on, especially if I'm walking around six acres indoors. Right. And having to carry your coat or with your coat on, it's just frustrating. Yeah. So it was really nice that there was a coat room. Right. For free. It was a, you, It was self-serve coat room. Yeah. Yeah. There were also donation boxes throughout the museum. There is a museum store gift shop. Yes, there is. There's a lot of books in there. Uh, there's some sweatshirts I saw. There's quite a bit of stuff in there. So... Take a look around in there. Parking, when we went, it was $8 for the first two hours. And then a dollar for each additional half hour. And the lot is right level with the museum. So you just walk in that door and, you know, it's their lot. The museum hours are Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
And you can be there that entire amount of time. You really could. Your ticket is valid all day and you are able to leave and return on the same day only. So we did have to wear little stickers. Right. When we paid for admission. And you can enter. They have like a front door and a back door. The back door is like from the parking lot. The front door is from the main road. Because you can't. It is within walking distance from the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. It was another fun adventure learning all about Cleveland and this Euclid Park and the carousel and some Cleveland history. You know, so we spent the day there and then we went to get lunch. So... We're going to take another break. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned. If you like this podcast, we ask that you like, follow, share, or leave a review. If you visit any of the places we've talked about, please let us know about your adventures on our social media pages. We look forward to your comments. Now let's get back to our adventures. (laughs) Welcome back from our very productive break. (laughs) Tony was literally cracking up. I was. I needed that break. How about you? Did you need the break? Yes. I think you did too. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It was a wonderful break and sometimes we all need a break. Yes. (laughs) So, we're leaving the museum, uh-huh. and we can't get out of the parking lot. Right. We did, though. Somebody came and helped us. Well, we actually paid for our ticket inside. We because did. Because we received word that the parking machine was down. The ticket machine was down. Right. So, we just paid inside, and it was totally fine. Right. And I guess that's always an option. Right. Because you can just put your ticket in the machine, and it'll know you paid inside. Actually, it prints it on the ticket when you pay inside. Again, we pull out our... Google. Google. Good old Google. We want to eat. Can Google sponsor us? It'd be nice if they would. Right? Yes. Hey, Google. We figured out a place to eat. Right, because Heidi didn't know, but Little Italy is literally right around the corner. Yeah, I had no idea how close Little Italy is to University Circle. Yeah, literally right around the corner. That is a true story. So she picked a restaurant in Little Italy. It's Guardino's. Right there on Mayfield Road in Little Italy. And they have their own parking lot. They do have their own parking lot and a valet. (laughs) He will stop traffic for you. He will tell you where to park. And it's wonderful. He even opened the door for us. Yeah, he was very kind. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So we're, we go in. The um, host stand is in the middle of the restaurant. So there's a bar there. There's also a piano there. I think in the evenings oh, they do like piano it's a, music. It's a grand piano. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right. Probably perfect for date night. Can I just tell you, I love pianos. I always wanted a piano. Do you play the piano? I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb. (laughs) Well, we should go to the dueling piano bar. Uh, We should. We go in. We're seated very quickly. Yes. um, Immediately brought water to our table. Right. And then our server comes. And she brought a wine and cocktail menu. I'm looking at the cocktails and 
you know, I'm like, mm, there's a lot of red stuff in here. I'm allergic to red dye. Can't really have that. You're allergic to red dye? Yeah. I feel like this is the first I'm hearing of that. Oh, yeah. I have very serious issues when I have red dye. Oh. So, can't have red dye. Okay. In bulk. In a drink. Okay. It causes problems. Anyway, so, but I was looking at this one thing and it had gin in it. And I'm not a fan of gin. So, she came over and I said, I like sweet. I can't do anything with red dye. What are you, what is your recommendation? She said, well, we have a full bar. These are just our drinks, drink specials. But this one is really good. And it was the one that I was looking at with the gin. It was it, like a lemon something. It, it was lemon everything except for the gin. Right. I was like, but I really don't like gin. She's like, neither do I, but you're going to love this. Did you I said, love it? I said, give it to me. And it was spectacular. It tasted like a lemon meringue pie. It did. It did. Absolutely. <laughs> I was so jealous. I just ordered a plain old glass of wine. And I would have loved that drink. Yeah. It was wonderful. But the wine was good, too. Oh, the wine was very good. Yeah, no, the wine was good. But once I tasted your drink, yeah. I would have... I Definitely ordered that. We got one appetizer and they bring bread with like an olive oil vinaigrette dipping sauce. Yes. So, and it was that Italian bread. Oh, so good. It was good. It was so buttery. Like it, was, there it was very fresh. So there was not actual butter on the bread, but oh my gosh, it was so buttery and good. Yes. It was so good. And then... The appetizer we got was garlic bread with cheese and a marinara sauce. And that was so good as well. It was. It was. It was very good. I wanted to save some of that garlic bread for my main dish, but we ended up eating it all. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to stop. I love bread, and it's one of the few things that I can eat that won't give me a stomach ache. So. Yeah. We both ordered a main dish. I ordered chicken marsala. And I ordered chicken piccata. Mine was good. Yeah, they both were good. Right. Heidi Heidi tried mine. I did not try Heidi's. Because you don't don't like mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms, so. Right. And I typically don't get to eat chicken marsala a lot, so it was something different to try to get. Right. So we're we're sitting there eating, and and as we're eating, (laughs) you know, we're chomping down on this stuff. And I'm like, save room for cannolis. Save room for cannolis. Like, I'm telling Heidi, I'm telling myself this, <laughs> because we both wanted cannolis. Oh, my gosh. I asked for a box, because I needed some cannolis. Mm-hmm. And they, they, the portions are huge. Right. It's an Italian restaurant. Authentic Italian. So, yeah. If you're Italian, you know you're going to get fed. Right. Okay. Heidi's eating and eating. And I'm like, Heidi. Put the fork down. You need to save room for cannolis. Mm -hmm. So she asked for a box and she actually handed me her fork so that she would stop. Dude, I have no willpower. I'm just going to say when it comes to food, I legit have no willpower. And if, if I like it, 
I'm just going to keep eating it. (laughs) So she hands me her fork so that she will stop eating. She puts her food in the box. And then, well, we ask what they have for dessert. So we each order the two mini cannolis for ourselves. I'm not splitting this with you. No way. I'm not (laughs) splitting it with you either. (laughs) And it came drizzled with some chocolate sauce. Yes. I mean, if you've ever eaten a cannoli, you know, they're... They kind of flake apart and everything. So they give you a spoon to eat them with. Heidi's like, can't I just pick it up? (laughs) I'm like, who needs a spoon? I'm picking this baby up and biting it. I'm like, I'm eating mine with a spoon because I know they fall apart. So I ate mine with a spoon. I did too. And Heidi's like, what's wrong? Looking at me like something's wrong. I'm like, I'm enjoying my cannolis. What are you talking about? What's wrong? Leave me alone and let me enjoy my cannolis. Maybe I was hoping that you were not going to like it. So yeah, I, I think you were. <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. I I'm, do love a cannoli. They were they were really good cannolis. They were some of the best cannolis I've had. Oh, yeah. I felt like they were. And I've had cannolis from Little Italy in New York City. And I felt like the filling in these cannolis, I could have just eaten a whole bowl of just that filling. Yeah, they were good. They were really good. So then we get our checks, right? (laughs) And Heidi's like, she looks at it. She's like, those were only $4. (laughs) I'm like, let's get 17 of them and take them home. I mean, I would have bought 17. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, when I saw they were only $4, I was... I. Was really thinking. I know you were debating on whether or not to take some home. <laughs> I personally sat there and said, no, I'm not taking any we home. We should have brought some home to eat during the podcast. They would not have made it to the podcast. <laughs> they Look, probably wouldn't have. I would have ate them on my way home. It yeah. would have never happened. You wouldn't have had a spoon? It doesn't matter. I would have, I would have shoved the whole damn thing in my mouth. I would have too. Those cannolis were really good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I would go back just for those cannolis. I would go back for a ride on that carousel and then stop off for some cannolis for dessert. There you go. Date night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I would do that. And you brought... And get that drink. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you brought Paul some lasagna home. Oh, yeah, I did. I forgot all about that. And, And how did he like that? He must have really enjoyed it because I don't think there was any left. Like, (laughs) well, he, you know, like I was telling Tony, we don't eat a lot of Italian food in the house. Yeah, he scarfed it all down. And he didn't, he didn't get any cannolis. Oh, no. There was no cannolis. So you're going to have to take him just for the cannolis. I mean, I would not be against it. I think we should do a podcast just on the cannolis in Little Italy. Taste testing. Yeah. I would do it. I'm going to wear sweatpants. <laughs> I'll just wear some uh, leggings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a fancier sweatpant. There you go. <laughs> you know, when they do the feast in the summertime, this would be a good time for us to go from cannoli to cannoli. Yeah, we could go. When you go to uh, Little Italy in New York City, like I've seen bakeries where they have all the different flavors, like pistachio yeah. or probably strawberry and things like that. But so my, I like the plain. Yeah. My brother went over to Italy quite a bit and uh, they have an overabundance of pistachios there. Oh, do So they? they try to use them in whatever they can. Oh. 
So that's one of the reasons that they have uh, a flavor. Yeah, like pistachios, pistachio ice cream, and pistachio oh. cannolis, and I love pistachio flavored things. Yeah. So he, one time when I was down there visiting, he made a pistachio pasta. Oh. Oh. Talk about a heart attack. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Is it so good? He was in Italy. He ordered that pasta, and then he asked if they could sh- if they would show him how to make it. He went back in the kitchen and he showed him how to make it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I would definitely try it. I love pistachio. Yeah, that was um for a while there. I make my kids' birthday dinners. And that was for a while there. That was their request. Really? Yeah. So what, how do you make it? Pistachios. Like just pistachios no. and olive oil, or do you have to oh, grind no, them up? Oh no, no, no! There's it's heavy cream, it's cheese, oh. it's. Now, do you grind the pistachios up, or are they chunky in the sauce? Um, you, you chop them up fine, finely chopped. Okay. And pancetta and. Oh, this does sound really good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. All right. So, what else do we have to say? If you're in, in Little Italy, try uh, Guardino's. Definitely have a cannoli if you're there. Yes. Or two. Thank Another you. great discovery of something that we could spend the whole afternoon learning about fun facts about Cleveland, fun facts about Ohio, and getting to ride that carousel, man. Yeah, go just for the carousel. You could spend the day riding that thing all day. You really could. Well, you could also learn about other fun things in there. There's a lot that we didn't even mention that you can see in this museum. So as always, thanks for listening. Until next time. Heidi and Tony Explore Cleveland was created and produced by Heidi Johnson and Tony Gambino. Please contact us if you are a listener and have suggestions of where we should go next. Or, if you're a local business and you would like us to visit and share our experience, please email us at exploringclevelandht at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the content creators and not the business, organization, affiliates, or their employees. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All rights reserved.